0: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. You just found the world's
1: number one fitness, health, and entertainment podcast. This is Mind Pump. All right. Today's episode, uh, we talk about Wolverine Serum. What am I talking about here? BPC157. This is the world's best known peptide. Why? It literally makes you heal faster. It's remarkable. In fact, in today's episode, we had Dr. Seeds on. He is the world's foremost authority on peptides. In today's episode, we talk all about BPC-157, its value, its benefits, how to use it, how does it work in the body. It's crazy stuff. All of us have experienced it ourselves. So we know this is like legit. It's pretty cool. By the way, if you're interested in working with peptides like BPC-157, don't go online and buy a bunch of gray market crap. You don't know what's in there. Work with doctors and a real licensed pharmacy. Go to mphormones.com and you can actually work with doctors and they work with peptides like BPC-157 so you know what you're getting and you get those actual results that you hear about like in today's. Episode. Now, this episode is brought to you by some sponsors. Uh, PRX Performance. This company makes home gym equipment that's as good or better than the stuff you use uh, at your commercial gym, except it's designed to maximize space. For example, they have a squat rack that folds into the wall. It only comes off the wall less than six inches. So you can literally equip your garage to be a gym. Then you fold the squat rack very easily with uh, two hands, very easy, into the wall. Now you can park your car. But when you want, you got yourself a pretty sick gym in the garage. By the way, you can make payments on their equipment. So it's like paying a gym membership, except again, you work out at home. Go check them out. Go to prxperformance.com forward slash mind pump. And on that link, you get 5% off. Also, we're running a sale on some workout programs. MAPS Starter, this is our beginner strength training program, is half off. Then we have a bundle that includes MAPS, Anabolic, and MAPS Prime. That's called the Starter Bundle. That's also half off. You can find both at mapsfitnessproducts.com, but you have to use the code July50 for that discount. All right, here comes the show. Dr. Seeds, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, these are great. So, I, we wanted to talk about BPC 157. I mentioned that to you. I said, hey, I want to do an episode on this peptide um, because it's just, it's probably one of the widest, most widely used, I would say, peptides, just mm-hmm. generally speaking. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that you also wanted to talk about, if we were to talk about BPC, GHRP peptides, growth hormone-releasing peptides as well. What's the connection? Why why talk about growth hormone-releasing peptides and BPC-157 in the same podcast?
2: Well, so there, and more so, I think, following this, the concept of what you guys are behind, um, you know, BPC-157 is more of a recovery uh, repair type of peptide. It's a peptide focused on, in I think it it has that purpose and serves that purpose best in uh, recovery and repair and, in, in, um uh, for injury or for training. Um, and in, in combining. So what I was talking about were GHRHs and GHRPs. So growth hormone, releasing hormone, growth hormone, releasing peptides. So there's, the GHRHs are like the CJCs, the tesamorelin, um, the GHRPs are like the ipamorelin, the GHRP26, um, the MK0677. So they're different. Okay. And, and I'll go through that again real quickly. But what the what I was trying to say is that that platform of those type of peptides together, I think you could— I could do fine if I could tell you well, and it's actually you know where I started you could change most everything as far as efficiency in the cell for most people with just those three peptides you don't need to mess you if you just had those in your armatarium in in your toolbox in combination with diet exercise sleep all the things that are you know we find important you're you're going to just you're going to change people's lives for the better, and you're going to improve cytoprotection of cells, and you're going to improve efficiencies of a cell. And BPC work in the CJC uh, those things work well because BPC will increase growth hormone receptors on cells, oh, and enhance what you're doing with the GHRHs and GHRPs because you're trying to you're you're trying to you're trying to make the most out of these signaling agents you can. And one of the I think one of the the significant and and the GHRHs, GHRPs, they enhance androgen receptors on cells. So they'll make your androgens work better.
1: Well let me okay, hold on. So, BPC upregulates growth hormone receptors. Correct. So, for people listening, growth hormone attaches to a receptor. That's how it tells the body what to do. BPC in- increases the number of those receptors. So, now whatever growth hormone you have becomes more effective, in essence. Correct. And then the GHRs and GHRPs, these growth hormone releasing type peptides or compounds, they Upregulate androgen receptors, which is what testosterone attaches to. Correct. Wow, it, it's like a it, it's a con- so there's a synergistic correct very synergistic effect. Of- yeah,
2: I call it a platform. I'm like, okay, we're setting this platform for you to take advantage of all the things you're doing right or doing well, um, and to make, you know, my my belief in in improvement in uh, in training uh, of lifting or athleticism is always. Maybe not, not the specific exercise at the time because all those things keep changing. It's actually the recovery and repair in between that m- differentiates people that really can accelerate, or, or and that want to continue, um, or and makes the most out of how muscle breaks down and how it rebuilds, and those three peptides are focused exactly on that because the downstream receptor, so you're, okay, so you're using BPC that is improving some other growth receptors and Mm -hmm. and, uh, other growth factors in the cell, in particular, increasing the the growth hormone receptor. You're using these GHRHs, GHRPs, to improve the physiologic release of growth hormone. Plus they have their own receptors they work on, which I can get into. But let's just say... Now you've got your receptors working better, you've got growth hormone that's that's getting to the cell better. Well, what's that doing? Well, that's creating the environment to improve the IGF1 production, which is the downstream product of growth hormone, which is IGF1 is like the key to maturation, proliferation, differentiation of of like myoblasts or or muscle cells. You know, when you, when you work out, and you break down a muscle. You have satellite cells that sit around this thing called the sarcolemma, and these satellite cells, by the action of trauma, they are activated, and they actually release a um, they release their own IGF one EC, which is known as mechanical growth factor, MGF. People probably don't know that peptide; it's MGF. Um, that creates the ability to start changing that satellite cell, which is stem cell, into a myoblast. And then those myoblasts fuse to the muscle fibers to rebuild. Hypertrophy. Yes.
1: I just read a study on that, by the way, where the speculation was on hyperplasia,
2: but they saw a study and said, oh no, they're actually fusing. We've known that forever. Everybody's, yeah. But that's awesome that you, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what happens. And you're making muscle
1: fibers like bigger yes. by fusing with other, yes. rather than creating more muscle fibers. Yes. Yeah. 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 I just read that study, it's pretty remarkable. So does that debunk our, our
3: thought process around what happens to some of these like massive bodybuilders from over de- time? Decades? Their
1: their muscle fibers just become rather than creating more muscle fibers, which is what, what people thought hyperplasia, you're just making them
2: permanently bigger to some extent. Correct. And they're they're just very they're significantly hypertrophied and um, but you're adding you can make you you <laughs> can to some degree, you can make more you can make some more myoblasts. Okay. You can you can build some. Um, but it's not it's incremental and it, you know, those guys, those massive changes happen, just don't happen overnight. I mean it takes right. them a little time. That's to years do that. and years. Yeah. yeah. Decades so, even. Yeah. yeah. So so it happens. But it's all about so what I was getting what I what I was trying to say is that it's that downstream IGF one that's really the key from growth hormone, it's it's one of the key players in um, in uh, recovery and repair of of muscle.
1: IGF one, it's insulin-like growth factor, right? That's what it stands Correct. for. Correct. That's the when people talk about the muscle building effects or potential of growth hormone, right? When bodybuilders will take it. Yes. Yeah. Really, it's not the growth hormone; it's the IGF one exactly. that's causing all that. Because exactly. they'll take growth hormone, but that causes your liver to produce
2: more IGF one. Well it's in stages. So the growth hormone starts, it, it it starts this incredible cascade of other, of other biochemical pathways. So it's, remember the thing I talked about AMPK? Yeah. So it starts that activation of AMPK that will start this process of influencing PGC one alpha that influences another factor. That's a, a, uh, that is a for mitochondrial biogenesis. It's for increasing mitochondria. It's for improving fat oxidation. It it like starts doing all these things that are what catabolic that start cleaning up a cell. But then it also goes down this pathway of producing IGF one. That's all about building and working with um, uh, building and with the activation of mTOR down the road. So there. It's a it's a concert. It's an orchestra that works together.
1: Now, is this why, it, anecdotally, right, in the... Because bodybuilders have always been the... I mean, they're the experimental cosmonauts, right? They're the ones that go out and just do crazy stuff, uh, experiment on themselves, and then you get a bunch of anecdote, and sometimes they're wrong. Sometimes there's quite a bit of insight, which is really interesting. They'll always talk about how, well... You know, growth hormone doesn't really—it builds muscle when your testosterone's really high. Otherwise, it doesn't do a whole lot. Is it that synergistic effect where the IGF one is improving the potential for this proliferation, but you need the signaling from the testosterone to really make it happen, or is it just so subtle that unless your testosterone's there, you're not going to see a huge effect?
2: It's a—it's everything together. Okay, and and um, it the. The, it really is, it, the IGF-1 is, it, none of this happens unless you're stressing the muscle. So you could take all the testosterone you yeah. want and all IGF-1 and not. There's no made, orders your, to build. Your organs might grow. If you take too much, you'll get, you yeah. know, those turtle stomachs and stuff that people don't know they get because they're taking too much IGF-1 by themselves yeah. or growth hormone, they their super physiologic doses. Um, but they you have to have the stress mechanisms of the weight training to make those things work.
1: Okay. Now, how significant is the rise in IGF one in a typical healthy individual who takes, let's say, Ibutamorin or CJC or like what is it what does it look like when you're measuring? It? And are there people who are non responders? I've heard this where some people take these things and just nothing happens the IGF one or is that a myth?
2: So that's where people get caught up in the uh, measuring, if you're measuring IGF one, you're just gonna lose on this because it's it's a very quick response. It's a physiologic response, meaning you're not gonna really you're getting mm. enough you're getting enough in the cell to do its work. Um, you're not you're not necessarily making the liver pump out a ton of IGF one itself. Um, most of the things like the all the iso uh, igf1 divides into three isoforms igf1, uh, a, igf1 igf1 e igf1, a, igf1, e, b, and igf1, ec. EC is the mechanic is like mechanical growth factor. but what those are, those are just all little isoforms that are, active in growth and maturation proliferation of cells that are local in a cell they are local like in the in the satellite cell and the muscle cells that are released that make things happen so it's all at a local level um so you're making the cell release this you're not it's not like you're sending a signal and the liver's making all this igf-1 and it's going out throughout the body that occurs if you're going above physiologic levels um, of growth hormone, or you're you're using exogenous growth hormone, or you, you're using IGF-1 by itself as a peptide, which you can use to enhance muscle growth and injury repair. Um, that's a it's a great tool to use for that. Um, then you're you you're going to raise levels, you know, serum levels of IGF-1. So what I'm saying is physiologic releases of IGF1 are just they are there when you need it and it's not like you're sustaining these high levels they're they're not going beyond a super physiologic level. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Are are there any worries? So people get caught up in trying to like I've had arguments compared to taking growth hormone or something. Is what?
1: Like like people get caught up because they compare
2: it compared to like Correct. Yeah. You're not going to if you're taking growth hormone you're going to increase you know you you're going to increase your IGF-1 levels because you're constantly bleeding growth hormone. There's no, growth hormone's meant to be pulsed. It's meant to be pulsed throughout the day, biggest pulse at night. It can be anywhere from three to six to eight pulses in some people, but it's meant to be pulsed every three hours. Mm. When you take exogenous growth hormone, that means it's stimulating 24 seven it's not pulsing. It's you've all of a sudden got this growth hormone in that. And that's what causes like negative feedback issues and all these causes cell senescence. It causes all of these problems that people have no idea that's happening when they're using it, but that release of, uh, of growth. So, so then you're not pulsing. You're just getting constant stimulation of that growth hormone receptor that's making IGF-1 continuously, so you're going to get a rise in IGF-1 that's going to be super physiologic that you're going to see in the serum in the blood.
1: Got it. Are there any worries with grow, anything that, you know, growth hormone releasers or, or growth hormone releasing peptides um, in regards to insulin sensitivity or issues with blood sugar? Because I know that growth hormone and insulin, I don't know, they're somewhat inversely related, right? Like mm-hmm. you don't want, if, if you're... People with um, disorders where they produce too much growth hormone tend to become diabetic. Correct. Um, if people with who have lots of insulin tend to have really low growth hormone. Yeah. Is there any worry that if I go on one of these and I take them, that I could develop issues with insulin sensitivity?
2: No, and and in fact, um, the the best the the best studies have been in the. Um, specifically, with AIDS patients that have significant lipodystrophy, where they have incredible amount of fat around their organs, and tesamorelin specifically is is for them, right? Exactly. Okay. Tez, that's where all the research from tesamorelin came <clears throat> from uh, from AIDS. And you know what it what what you're doing with a growth hormone releasing hormone or a GHRH like tesamorelin is your you're really setting so one of the pathways we didn't talk about is you're you're setting the cell up to not utilize glucose but to utilize fat as its primary substrate or its it, for oxidation to make ATP basically right. to make energy and so you're up you're you're getting that system back on track basically again, these are, you can always look at these as modulators because what they're doing is just letting the cell get back to where it was again. And that's what tesamorelin is help. It has, it shows that you're utilizing fat as its oxidative um, substrate to make ATP. So in the beginning, like when people use tesamorelin, they may sometimes see their, their glucose might be a little higher for a little bit or they may have more. Um, they're they're just starting to use their fat. It, it's it's like it's a little counterintuitive, but you're you want more fat to utilize fat, but in order to utilize more fat, you have to make more mitochondria. Well, oh, I see. Well, the the GHRH is remember what I told you that pathway AMPK to PGC one yeah. alpha to start this the the, the cell to transcribe more mitochondrial biogenesis to make more mitochondria. Well, that's what you're doing. You're making more mitochondria to use more fat. So you're catching up eventually to start.
1: So initially you'll see higher glucose yes. a little bit because you're using more fat, but yes. then the mitochondria catch up. Yes. And then you're okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. So there's an adaptation yes. process. Yes. Wow. That makes a lot of sense.
2: Yeah. It, happened, it can happen with people just doing... GHR, you know, like CJC and ipamorelin, they can see things like that at the beginning. And that's why you don't get hooked into looking at those parameters. You've got to think about what are you doing down the road to improve insulin sensitivity? Because because what you're doing, you know, like what does exercise do? So like diabetics that are insulin resistant, right? They can't get glucose into muscle. Muscle is your biggest endocrine gland. It needs glucose. Well- exercise turns off that mechanism and it, it transports this glute four transporter to the muscle that just brings glucose in with yeah. exercise. Well, the GLP one or the GHRH GHRPs. They activate something called AMPK and AMPK activates those glute fours to go to the cell to pull in glucose too. Got it. Mm. So it's, it's like an exercise mimetic, but it's doing what exercise does, but it's doing the same thing.
1: By the way, this is why oh. uh, strength training is the most effective form of exercise in terms of insulin sensitivity. Of course. Yep. You, just, you just have larger, you yeah. know, uh, basically storage capacity. Yeah. And, Correct, And you increase all those GLUT4 Correct. receptors like crazy. Yeah, that's why we preach that um, yeah. all the time. Well,
2: it's what it's, you know, it's great. It's funny you bring that up. I don't know why now all of a sudden now strength training is becoming a real important in health. Well, have you heard of
1: this podcast <laughs> called Mind Pump? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're yeah. trying to take the credit. <laughs> we real hard to promote <laughs> it that just, way. So
2: take we've take been preaching for eight years about that. And I think we're making yeah. some. that way, maybe. Okay, then my hat's off to you guys.
3: I mean, well, that, Sal wrote that book, what almost, is it been three years now? Yeah. Three years ago, called The Resistance Training
2: Revolution. And that was like, the well, idea behind it was uh Well, this is awesome then. And I, I didn't mean any disrespect. <laughs> so, no, you no, didn't. No, you did you did we're just fucking we're around. We're just it's super narcissistic. We think we caused it. But you can be. That's awesome because, because right, I mean, I mean, I'm. I don't care if you can go out and run a two fuck it, or two miles or five miles or okay, great. But can you show me how many can you get off the floor? You know, can you? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all about functionality and strength. strength. And yep. and I can tell you from a whole different perspective. You know, um. By the way, I'm also an orthopedic surgeon. I'm sports trained, joint trained, and I see all those people who say, "Hey, doc." where do my golden years go? I'm, I'm like, I saved up all this money. I've worked so hard for 30 years and I, I can't even walk can't with my do wife shit. down the street. I can't, I can't get off the, out of the chair. I can't. And I saw that when, as a younger physician day after day. And I was just like, what is wrong? It's, it's what you guys are professing. I mean, this is awesome. I, Billy,
0: <laughs> you hear this? Yeah, there he is
2: well, it's the difference between
1: catabolic exercise and anabolic exercise, and so strength training is pro tissue, and that's the tissue that we just saw. I mean, sarcopenia is—I mean, it's it's everywhere now.
2: It, yeah, right. That's like the it's well, <laughs> it's if you don't have muscle mass, everything's going to go wrong. I mean, it's you, you got to. I can. I just you got to have muscle. You know, that's where all the science right now we're, we're I, 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 it's incredible where we are with looking at these things called myokines and exokines that are are actually produced by strength training, by resistance training. And in fact, the, one of the bigger fields right now looking at this is cancer research yeah. because because there are these myokines that are being made that actually that act as um, uh, as inhibitors of certain processes that will propagate cancer or metastasis of cancer. Mm. And that's, that's a whole, that's incredible that you got to get to this point to convince people how important strength training is, you know, to, you got to get it to that state to, to show people like, our, Dr. what Dr. was Sieg, the study you, I, just, I'm gonna, the I'm study you referenced just the other day about bodybuilders? Oh, mm-hmm.
3: so
1: pro bodybuilders. Okay. Not healthy mm-hmm. athletes. Like these are athletes that just pump themselves full of right. exogenous yeah. hormones and feed themselves ridiculous amounts and mm-hmm. all kinds huge of stuff. Amount of calories. And so there was this study that was done on pro bodybuilder. We're not talking about people lift weights. There's a big difference between. You work out weights and then you go and try to compete in bodybuilding. One's healthy. One is extreme and unhealthy. And they looked at the causes of death and heart disease was higher in pro bodybuilders. Kidney disease was higher in pro bodybuilders. 15% lower chance of cancer. These are guys that are taking growth hormone, testosterone, anabolics, things that are at those levels are not good for you. And and yet muscle so protective against cancer that their rate of cancer got, went down in these unhealthy individuals. That's just how powerful of an anti-cancer effect muscle has. Correct. It's pretty wild. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. So on the on the growth hormone peptides, I got to okay. ask you this because I've used them and they feel very different from one another. So I've used CJC, Tessa Maryland, Ipa I- I- Ibutamorin. I- Ibutamorin. Boy, do they feel different. Ibutamorin in particular feels very different from the others. So- uh, and I'm going to, this is just from what I understand. So I'm not by no means, a, a, a you know, an expert on this, but the, it's a ghrelin mimic. Ghrelin is a, a hormone that makes you hungry. Mm-hmm. So I definitely noticed an appetite increase, mm-hmm. but my strength increases on Ibutamorin, I even right out the gates was uh, substantial in comparison, whereas the others felt much more subtle, mm-hmm. like what's going on? Or am I just, am I just not seeing the fact that maybe I'm eating more because of the. The, the ghrelin, you know, effect. So twofold.
2: Um, one, it is, it, it is a stronger, um, it's not a, it's, that's, this is, we're talking about MK0677. Yes. It's, more, it's oral. And your, were you taking, which, which dosage were you taking? Oh gosh. Do you know? I don't know. 25 milligrams. Does that sound right? Once a day or twice? Once a day. Okay. At night. Okay, that's really yeah. so. There's twelve point five twice a day, or that you can do twenty five twice a day, or twenty five in the morning or at night. I so, think that's what
1: I did at night. Yeah.
2: So, what you're doing is, with that is it's a mimetic, meaning it's not a, it's not quite a peptide, but it mimics the grelin-like peptide, which is the ghrp, um, that <coughs> increases your appetite. Let that some of them don't. So you're. You're you're already turning on some aspects of mTOR. It's more mTOR specific. Oh. But you're interesting. but what you're doing is you're actually mk 677 does have a higher increase in IGF one. Okay. So it's just more anabolic. Correct. Okay. And it's more um because it, it has a better effect on pulling glucose into muscle. So it pulls water in with it too. Oh
1: yeah, I felt that 100%. Mm. I got, my muscles got really full, like I was carb loaded or something in a very short, like within four or five days.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's a great peptide and I think it's a great peptide to cycle. I don't think it's a great peptide to stay on for a long period of time because of some of the, some of this this discussion I've had with you, that, we, that you brought up about saturation of receptors got it. and specifically in the brain. Um, just the worry about this is one of them. If so, ghrh is you can never saturate a ghrh receptor, but ghrp's you can, hmm. and so that's where you gotta be. I just think you gotta you gotta know the that that's possible and and so you use it for three or four months and you go off of it. That's what you, I've done. I've done two it. to three at a time. Yeah. N- yeah. Another reason why you should do
3: this with a physician for that exact reason. Exactly. certain uh, ones that can yeah. get saturated, some of them that don't. So. Oh, just, if I did
1: this like an idiot, I would never stop, right? Because I feel it and it feels so great. Mm-hmm.
3: I like the, the sleep that I got on it. was uh, That was one of the most profound yeah. things that i found from Ibutamorin was the sleep that I got.
2: So all of them will... So that's... So what you're doing is um, you're... Increase. So sleep is four stages. Uh Your recovery and repair of muscle is the biggest part of that with is stage four sleep and actually growth hormone, your highest level of when you're younger of growth hormone release is that first cycle stage four sleep at night. And that's, that's when you get better sleep and so that's actually what it's doing. It's reinforcing that pulse of growth hormone at that time. And in fact, it has this incredible effect on, um, just like all the GHRGs, GHRPs, on improving glymphatic drainage. That's like the toxin release of the brain. It's, oh, wow. It's lymph, you have lymphatics in your brain, and growth hormone is necessary to release the glymphatic to, to let the system drain. And it does it in stage three, four sleep at night. Oh, interesting. It's another reason
1: like brain recovery, basically.
2: Oh yeah. It's why, it's why people, it's why as you get older, it's another function of why we believe inflammatory aspects Mm -hmm. happen in the brain because the drainage isn't the way it's it's supposed to be. Hmm. So, so as you, as you start learning all of these things and you start seeing how much of a change they make, in mechanisms and pathways, you start like my mind started going. Well, gosh, wish I would have started this when I was younger. Wish I would have been like at this age doing this because I might be at a better stage to protect myself later. You know, mm-hmm. that's these this cytoprotection's huge. I think yeah. for all of these peptides, just like talking about the GHRH or the GLP one receptors, mm-hmm. um, uh, same thing. I
1: actually wanted to bring it back a bit to the to the BPC one five seven and the delivery of that in terms of like oral versus you know taking a an injection and
3: and sort of the localized effect of that, the healing effect. Um like what the
2: difference is between um, you know, both of those kind of strategies. So I'll tell you the first thing I'll tell you is I don't know if any of us really have the answer to what's better. Mm. But I will tell you, I was always the, I was always the one saying that it had to be injectable, and it was more site specific. And I think that's true. If you're working on injury, BPC one fifty seven works much better, site specific. Um, doesn't like pull,
1: have pull the bicep, boom, right in the bicep.
2: Yeah, okay. or in the sub Q. It doesn't have to be in the tendon. It just can be sub Q. It can be proximal. Correct. Oh, okay. Um, and I, that's just trial and error. And I'm just telling you, that's that's how it works. It's it's best if you're using it in that capacity for repair of an injury.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then once the injury is, let's say you've gotten over it, then you can use it you know, around the hip area to be a general, to, to be systemic. That's for injury. For oral, I think it has a much bigger place for the gut okay. microbiome and dysbiosis and things like that. Now, can okay. it work? Does it work for people that have Pain and issues like that. If you take it orally, yes, it does. So there is a
1: systemic effect, somewhat orally. Yes, yes,
2: okay. yeah, but b- yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm just saying in my, in the way I practice with using that peptide, and and it was just trial and error. Was listening again to my patients and finding out that boy, when you go site specific, big difference. Um, as far as just taking it, mm-hmm. gener- you know, around the hip area, and then expect it. To do as good a job um you know for let's say a lateral epicondylitis of the elbow or something um and i injected in my hip is that as good as injecting around the sub q tissue not going into the tendon because that you'll get into trouble mm. but just getting in the sub q or even going a little higher up in the arm you know around the triceps or something just close to the area made a much bigger difference if you were in that area
1: interesting is that do you think that's because it's a it's more effective at healing Locally, or because there's a localized anti inflammatory effect that just kind of.
2: It just gets right. Yeah, it's more localized okay. and it gets that signaling is much okay. stronger. So I'm. It just cur- makes sense. It's just there. So I'm currently yeah.
1: taking uh, BPC with KPV orally. Okay. And this is for gut health. Great. Mm-hmm. Now, the BPC for gut health, it's not, correct me if I'm wrong, um, it's not antimicrobial. What it does is in the gut is it is accelerating healing of let's say the mucosal lining or just gut inflammation and then the KPV is more of the antimicrobial or are they both doing something similar
2: They're both doing something so, so the the BPC157 is is certainly working on um on the gut barrier it's working on on cell adhesion improving the the permeability between the cells Oh, the junctions between yeah. them. okay it's working also on on uh, it, it's working on giving that cell the ability then because those cells used to, you you mentioned antimicrobial well your best your best mechanism to tr- to offset bad bacteria or viruses or fungus or anything like that are you make your own antimicrobials they're called catalesitins and they're which are peptides, and your if you're making the cell barrier better, if you're making the cell better, you're improving the cell's ability to make those antimicrobials and to make and the, and specifically those things called cathelicidins, and <clears throat> and there's also something called beta defensins, which are other antimicrobials, but the cathelicidin I'm talking about, there's one we know about called LL37, that sometimes we'll use. It's a it's a peptide that we use to work against dysbiosis and so forth if we're with BPC and KPV and so forth. But So what I'm trying to say is BPC actually has, it has so many indirect effects on the, on the gut and, and improving the microbiome. And the KPV is a fragment of alpha melanocyte stimulating hormone. It's a three peptide sequence that comes, it's the anti-inflammatory pathway. Okay. Our anti-inflammatory component of alpha melanocyte stimulating hormone, which is a melacortin.
1: Okay, so is it going to make me tan?
2: No. Okay. It should not.
1: Okay. Okay. Which one is that? Yeah. Those are melanocyte. It, it, that those those are like like uh,
2: that's, mel- that's melanotan two and melanotan one. Okay, those are like those like those those affect the melanin right in your skin. They in, yeah they increase melanogenesis. Okay okay. My but legs, that my legs could use that. Yeah. Be <laughs> Start yeah, rubbing yeah, some KPB all over your legs. Yeah yeah. So th- so this is that fragment that was pulled. Okay. Uh, and that has anti and has another way of working against inflammatory cytokines and chemokines and so forth. And they make Again, hence, they make this, this um, environment better for your antimicrobials to work, your antivirals and your antifungal things.
1: Okay, so is it fair to say then that BPC essentially improves your body's cells' ability to do what they normally do? So you've got wide-ranging effects because of that property. It helps your cells just heal faster, not be damaged as much, and therefore do what they do better.
2: Yeah, this is, this is interesting. You say this. So I, I had, so I had a relationship um, with the Croatians that have the patent for BPC. They created BPC. (laughs) Um, This incredible team in particular uh, uh, doc who, who developed BPC and found it and, and wrote all of those, all those papers we read that are all the animal studies. Um, he wrote his team basically wrote everything on this. And I used to, he'd, I'd call him and talk to him about things that I was seeing and how I was using it. And, and um, he'd send me videos and showing me different animal, like how he could activate a muscle when it was crushed and how just pouring BPC on the muscle would get it contracting again what? acutely. <laughs> oh, just amazing. stuff! So oh, amazing. Like BPC is the real deal. And, And then I would start to talk to him and I'd say, hey, so, you know, we we need to talk more. Let's talk about, let me tell you what I'm doing with these other peptides. And he'd, he'd just laugh and stop there and he'd be like, what are you, you know? What are you talking about, William? You, you, there's one peptide, BPC. Mm, you know, like, <laughs> That's you, all you hey, need. Don't talk to me about these other peptides. I'd be mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> holy crips! That's
1: <laughs> funny because it helps with, the, how, with profound because it is, how profound it is. How
2: profound it is. I mean, yeah. if you He's look,
1: like,
3: why talk about anything else? This thing is so amazing. We're still learning so much about it. I imagine, right? That's his thought.
2: Yeah, it's <laughs> it's the here is the you know it is the most widely used peptide that absolutely. Anybody who, who takes it can tell you it makes a difference. Yeah. Yet, the you know, we have what now? One, one and a half, two clinical studies on this now because it's not, you can't patent it. You know, there's nobody that's going to put the money into studying this like it really needs to be studied because it should. Well, it's just starting to happen now. Now, there are labs that are going after this now. Finally, finally, yeah. we're going to see some awesome, awesome stuff on BPC.
1: Now, because oh, wow. BPC is uh, like pro-healing, pro-regenerative, yeah, does that make it pro- proliferative for uh, cancer? Um, do you need to great, be careful?
2: Great question, because people, you know, it it in, it's a modulator, meaning. So this is what's the, this is the this, this is how I try to help people understand peptides. Peptides help the cell in a way that it can. It, you know, cell always wants to correct itself. It always wants to get on the right path. It wants to make the right decisions. The BBC, you can consider it as something that's modulating the cell in the correct pattern. Um, because they we have, we have studies that show that where you would think giving BPC in a cancerous state, would create more angiogenesis, right. you know, more blood flow to a cancer. More, well, it actually, does the opposite. Yeah, it does the opposite. Hmm. Um, and it has to do with these uh, VEGF receptors, and it, but it's it's in the state of the disease. It's uh, it's modulating. So then, would it be safe to say that because they use we've we've got clinical like there's there's studies out there now showing BPC used to help cancer patients that have been decimated by um, radiation and chemotherapy who can't eat, who can't, well, you give them BPC and that you're healing their gut, right? Because you rip their gut apart and they gain weight, they get stronger, they get energy right away. And um, you're not seeing increased rates of cancer or you're not seeing any of those things you'd be concerned with.
1: So then is it safe to say that it's, it's not, making your recovery ability or healing ab- ability above and beyond what your potential is correct okay
2: it it speeds it's, it can speed things up it just makes sure it just makes sure you're on the right path okay to to that recovery and repair that 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 the body typically goes through in an inflammatory response Got and it. a healing process there's there are all those steps that have to occur So I
1: remember as a kid, in my teens and 20s, even early 20s, I'd get an injury and I would heal two or three times as fast as I do now. So essentially BPC is like, hey, your potential's still there. This is why you're going to heal faster with me. Not, we're going to make you heal faster than you ever could before. We're going to force this thing to happen. Correct. Okay, wow.
2: And it's just letting you, again regain some of those efficiencies you had when you were younger, that you had the ability, you didn't have things interfering. You didn't have that inflammatory process or those senescent cells around that, that may not turn at the right time to help you heal or may work against healing. You know, cell senescence is a whole new world of understanding of how, as we age, as we grow, we, we, Harbor more senescent cells. Do you, you guys know what mm-hmm. a, a senescent cell is a cell that is? So, w- when a cell starts doing things wrong in the body, it sets off a program that basically says, Okay, I either have to fix myself because cells have a cycle 24 hour cycle, it says, I got to fix myself and get things right or else i've got to disintegrate go through apoptosis or i have to have the immune system come in and take me out cuz i'll do harm well sometimes those cells say you know fuck that i want to i want to survive i don't i want to i want to live forever so they can stop their cell cycle and all of a sudden convert into a cell that is in a what an mtor state mm and stays like that and almost becomes immortal.
1: It's a zombie cell.
2: Yeah. But it, and it creates, it just creates havoc and it'll make other cells into senescent cells and they build and they can build in the kidney. They can build in the brain. They can build in muscle. They build around fat. And so that it's just something over time that you keep accruing that you is they're difficult to get rid of. And, it's what happens as we age, and they, they're they the ones that make these cytokines and chemokines and proteases that are pro-inflammatory that affect other cells that make things go wrong. So this is remarkable because um, th-
1: there's always this worry, like if we—if you take something that speeds up cell regeneration or you take something that's going to cause your cells to, to multiply or grow or strengthen, there's the risk of, uh-oh, could we amplify cancer or could we cause cancer but in the example of when you were younger cancer rates and you know teenagers is like is almost zero yet they're they heal and recover at incredible rates and as you get older recovery goes down that doesn't mean your cancer rate goes down your cancer rate goes up so this is literally a balancing bringing you back to optimal essentially
2: yeah, yeah. and it's senescence is what leads to cancer that's what we're we're finding out. Senescence is the is the root cause of us of contributing to more cancerous cells or the uh, the possibility of um, of a conversion into an oncogenic. Are they
1: cell. easily detectable? Is there a way to test and find so, out?
2: Yeah. So it, we're not at, in a lab and taking a biopsy and things like and, and <clears throat> looking for specific markers. We can do that, but right now are there tests that can do that no we're, yeah, we're not at that it's pretty stage. invasive to do that yeah. yeah yeah and it's um you know these are all the, so the you're 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 seeing a big surge right now where you're going to hear more like nobody nobody talked about senescence ever before until we started talking about it a while back about hey this is what the focus is mm. in cellular medicine that was our focus it's always been senescence now it's becoming this, just like peptides were nothing before. Yeah. This next big word mm. is now senescence, mm. and so now you're seeing these people say, "Oh, you've got you know you got to get rid of those senescent cells. You got to take this senolytic to to remove this cell." And got to be real careful with that because you don't want to harm the good cells when you're trying to get rid of bad cells. You really know? hard to differentiate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it, it's one of those things. Why, you know, what's your best? what's your best synolytic or synomodulator exercise diet those those really those set off the mechanisms to help the immune system to recognize these bad cells it's it all comes back to the immune system and metabolism mm-hmm.
1: um, is, is BPC the most the one peptide you 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 recommend or use the most with your
2: patients I probably use it pretty universal yeah with most oh, if, wow for about um, that I uh, most of the time, yeah, I would say, oh, just as big or maybe bigger is probably C Max. Mm.
1: Okay. Know, it's popular. Yeah, well, yeah that's, that's well. like cool. the two bangers the I'm on right now. So, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> you
3: you mentioned earlier that uh, you know with what you know now, there might have been some things that you would have done at earlier ages with peptides to maybe is BP 157 one of those that maybe you would have taken even when you were younger? Yes. Okay. Yes. So what would that look like? Like if you're, if you're bad, if you could go back in time, you, you get to talk to 20 year old yourself, how would you cycle something like BP? Would you just
2: put, take it indefinitely?
3: Would you cycle it every six months? Like, how would you do it?
2: You know, that's a, I don't have an answer for that specifically. I, and I'm not pushing that really, but I'm thinking about it. Like I'm, I just think in my own brain, like if right. it was me, this right. is what I would Yeah, this is doing. you.
3: We're not prescribing to okay. anybody else. All this right. is you.
2: What would you go do? Oh, then I'm in trouble. <laughs> um, I would be, be in my drinking water. I'd be, it would be, oh, wow. I, I would be doing it more for my microbiome and my gut, I think, mm-hmm. than anything else. And I would be taking it orally in lower doses, like 250 micrograms um, daily. And I think it would be an in, incredible benefit for me. Are you yeah.
1: as an orthopedic surgeon? Have you like because obviously you have experience. You're working on people's joints. You know how fast generally it takes something to heal. You know what bad joints look like. You know what it lo- they look like when they're good. When you're using BPC or your patients are using BPC, your orthopedic patients, is it like night and day? Are you looking at them going, "Wow, this is like when you first started using this." Were you like, "This is wild"?
2: Yeah, I mean it, that it even started with just using. I mean, if I could take a step back, when I started just using oral collagen, like collagen hydrolysate, mm. and getting my patients ready for surgery, I was thinking I was, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get you ready for surgery. You know, I have thirty percent of those people coming back saying I don't need surgery. Oh, so you whoa. killed your business? Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> I, I did, but it was. It was pretty incredible, yeah, right? It's yeah. where I start. This was 20 some years ago before they even wrote the paper yeah. on collagen. Like I was doing bone marrow stuff. I was, I just knew that it was something that could enhance healing because of what it does in the immune system. All these things sure. people don't know about, but that we teach. And I was seeing this happening in front of me and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, this is so simple. And then Great Lakes had their uh, collagen hydrosylate that came out, a kosher product, yeah, and yeah, tub, yeah. amazing product for pennies on the dollar. And I just started putting, I just, everybody, all my people just had to go on it. And I'd get people like, Doc, I'm feeling a lot better, especially like for more for people that I thought needed a knee arthroscopy, mm-hmm. you know, that had some some degenerative cartilage changes maybe like if, chondromalacia yeah, okay. you know or meniscal tear or something that wasn't quite mechanical but they were having problems and and you put them on the collagen and they're like oh my god it it changed and it just that and so that's where that was what got me really going more towards okay you know all these biologics you know all these things that you're you've been studying for 40 years let's start implementing more and so that, you know, the BPC made a tremendous difference. Um, but then at the time, um, you know, it was tough because of who could afford to use it and, and how to use that, you know, because none of that is covered by insurance. So that was always a difficult conversation. Mm. But, yeah, but the price has come down quite a bit for BPC. Oh, it's from it's come down tremendously from when it was very difficult. Very, very difficult to get.
1: Wow. Any areas of the body you see its effects be most pronounced or is it just generally great? Uh, well, or like, types of injuries you see it be most effective for?
2: Yeah, I, I want to say it's just more like acute type of things. It, it, You can really see changes quicker. Chronic type of injuries, that's a little different ballgame. That's where you got to use other combinations. Because mm, yeah. um, you
1: also might not be addressing the root. Like maybe it's a movement pattern or something. That's...
2: Yeah, there's just a lot of other aspects of chronic injury that you got to address. And there's more of the immune side that's come into this picture with a with chronic injury. <laughs> immune cells play a big role. So BPC doesn't have quite the effect on the immune part of metabolism, like things like thymus and beta-4 or... Um, set alpha one or thymulin or epitalon or things that have a an impact on the immune system where you've got to address that first or you're never going to get through that chronic problem.
1: Got it. So, so chronic issues, then you'll combine them type of deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've, I, you know, I'm using it now. Adam had a quad injury that keeps reoccurring. Mm. He used it on his quad and he used it first on my Achilles. It was, it worked
3: so well. It was scary. It worked like I when I did my Achilles, I was so nervous to sprint, run, do anything. <laughs> I could feel, felt off, didn't feel right even after it healed. And so uh, I finally got the BPC one. This was a couple of years ago. And I mean, it was only a few shots into using it, and it felt like there wasn't an injury anywhere, which scared me. I was just like, "It can't be that good already!" Like, so, but it does. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 scary how effective it is.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's where it's made its mark is is in the acute side of being able to see what it can really do. Yes, and um, and that's the that's the other great thing about it. You know, you don't have to. You you can cycle for a couple weeks two three, six weeks on it depending on the injury and then you can be done with it. I mm-hmm. mean you don't these you don't have to keep taking it. Mm-hmm. Um, my mindset is again more in the protective side and the recovery repair side because I want all those things working for me 24 right. 7. Are you right.
1: seeing mm-hmm. any benefits on um, uh, organs? like if you take it orally do you see any like let's say with someone who has some maybe some liver damage or cirrhosis or we notice anything?
2: No, I don't think you can make those statements okay. that it improves fatty liver disease or there, there are different peptides for that.
1: Got it. Got it. Well, this has been awesome again, Dr. Seeds. Yes. Yeah. This, this is uh, every time I talk to you, yeah. I get
2: my mind blown with this information. <laughs> Billy, we'll mm-hmm. just keep you. Yeah, yeah. There Everybody yeah. <laughs> know my son's back here. <laughs> this is like, re- 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 what do you call it? Uh, your. You're building me up and yeah. he's going to get in the car and go, dad, I, you know, I know. <laughs> they're full of shit, dad. Yeah, yeah, dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pumping your tires. <laughs> they don't or, change, uh, that doesn't change so much later. It. I think so. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: it doesn't even work. Like, uh, you know, when you get a great lift in and you got him spotting and you go, what'd you think? He's like, "Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, uh, it's, it's impossible to be a
3: profit in your own town, man. Yeah, you know, Sal knows man. what's up. He's got a teenager. So oh, yeah. yeah, wants yeah. To I be
1: what are your, how is your workout? If you don't mind me asking, what kind of training do you do?
2: I'm curious. Uh, it depends what my kids tell me they're doing, because I got to keep up with them. But I, I try to do—I'm big in strength and just pure strength, um, trying to keep some of those. I'm—I'm I'm getting more and more into more body weight, uh, high repetition. So I really mix it up, you know. i, I do low intensity and high intensity because you got to—you got to have both. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys know I mean, you you've got to keep changing it, right i'm oh. I'm all over the gambit, but I'm um, i be, I believe in all the big lifts, the you know the squat, the bench and the um, deadlift and uh, probably as you get into my realm, I mean the probably the bigger bigger exercise for me is the posterior chain and the reverse hyper and oh, yeah. and keeping that function, which I can tell you for me, if I'm not on it, I, I can, that's a tough one. You know, mm-hmm. you, you brought up something. We we
3: talked about this, like, I don't know, maybe a year ago. We we're talking about, uh, I can make the case that I think the deadlift is the king of all exercises. Everyone says the squat is the king of exercises. And my my argument for it was exactly that, how much we neglect the posterior chain. And then, of course, as we age and, and just everything is rounding and closing in. So strengthening the opposing side just logically to me seems like, the extra, and then you get all similar benefits of all the muscles you're activating, like in a squat, you get most of those in a deadlift too. So I made the case that deadlifting is the king of all exercises for that, for that purpose.
2: Yeah, no, it is. If it, But the, what's the hardest thing with that? It's doing it correctly, mm-hmm. not overdoing it, Right. especially as you get older. Cause I get, you know, that, that, that's the, probably the, my, my biggest, uh, probably the best thing I have going for me is my knowledge because I get hurt all the time and I, I have to, I have to readjust, right. I have to, okay. I've strained a pack. I got to go from flat bench to incline now for the next six months. And And then you get into that incline, you're like, why am I going to go back to flat bench if yeah. I hurt myself? It's <laughs> like, you, I start thinking more about how I can't hurt myself. Yep. And then I find a way to hurt myself.
0: <laughs> he, go, he goes the enemy with it. It's, 100%. Isn't it? Yeah. 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 It,
2: it's, it's crazy. But uh, I will tell you though, my son, my kids have gotten more into more functional type of training. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the pull-ups, the. Compe- the the hundreds of thousands of body squats or you know things that you just do over and over and i've been doing incorporating that yeah oh my gosh well that's the the beautiful yeah, relationship contrast with,
3: but the two of those the two of those together if you can make a good yeah. body right? weight mobility right? routine right? with <laughs> a heavy strength training routine you know the problem with all of us is that we all we, with all that knowledge and being science and fitness nerds is we also like to to, to find the boundary, the yeah, line, don't right? If <laughs> I do a little more, exists. let's see. So I, th- I think that's a forever no. battle. That- I'll be
1: trying to hit PRs until <laughs> I die, I'm
2: sure. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I agree with you 100%, but that's what makes it fun. And right. that's what makes it, you, and it makes it, you know, this is what I keep saying. I don't know if this helps you with what you guys are doing, but I really think that my, I, I have, tremendous kids i got incredible three boys that have grown up and you know i I couldn't say anything more about how amazing they all are but i really believe their discipline and all the things that the way they focus their lives i think it really started by working out and being disciplined and training and slowly not quickly but slowly seeing how things change and staying in that mode because my, our at our house, our living room was is the garage. Like when they needed to find me, they came out, or they came out and they worked out with me. And it's, I really believe that, and I, I hope that helps with people understanding that this stuff doesn't happen overnight. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, it's a lifestyle. You were right? pre- yeah. preaching no, in the choir, beautiful, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I was actually, when I was, um, oh, I'm talking too much. But I was just talking to Billy, my son, the other day. I saw this picture of this guy who is lifting. Uh, he was doing, he was on an incline bench and next to him was his little kid with a plastic, with a yeah, play set. That's yeah. right. And I said, Billy, do you remember that? Cause my kids, I always had play sets for them to come out and bench. And he's like, yep, I remember. That's, so that's, awesome. Awesome. that's awesome. That's so awesome. awesome. Well,
1: thanks for coming on again, Dr. Seeds. Yep. This is
2: great. No, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it guys. And Thank great you. message you're putting out there. I,